This week, a pulp and paper company sticks with its cutting plans, and Mi'kmaq land defenders won't back down. What's next in the fight to save Charlie's place? I'm Glenn Wheeler, and this is Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about Mi'kmaq people, politics, land, and water. This is episode 219, made possible with listener support. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Matters. It was going down as usual. A tree-cutting plan needs community consultation. Cornerbrook Pulp and Paper goes through the motions. Tick off the boxes. Mi'kmaq people find out at the last minute that their ancestral lands are slated to go under the chainsaw. For a year now, land defenders have been working hard to save Charlie's Place in central Newfoundland. Last week, there were two intense meetings, but at the end, the Pulp and Paper Company would not agree to a compromise plan that would save half the land in dispute. There may be more meetings this coming week, or we may be moving into a different phase, protest. We speak with land defender Justin Hodge. So Justin, you had a busy week uh, last week. You had a meeting on Tuesday, May 3rd, and another meeting on May the 6th, Friday, May 6th. So uh, let's start uh, on Tuesday and tell us um, about the meeting you had there in, uh, in Appleton. Yeah, Tuesday's uh, meeting plan was a real, real good turnout for us. Of course, now this was the day that uh, I planned for our protest, and uh, we had some uh, the day before and working up to this. Now we got our got our signs and everything done, of course, and tried to spread the word the best we could. Uh, and, and upon, I guess the start of the meeting there, uh, <laughs> I don't know if there was a confusion about when it was going to start or not, but it was like a ten or fifteen minute delay until everybody. Uh, showed up inside now there was a little bit of a disagreement there because i guess uh, on behalf of uh, corner brook and uh, you know i guess everybody was at the meeting inside they weren't sure if they uh, would permit anybody inside so i, I mr jim din showed up there and jim din is there and the bs and so corner brook yep. paper wanted to have a smaller meeting they didn't want all these people in the in the meeting what, what was their concern exactly yeah, there was a couple of representatives there. I know we had uh, a couple of our residents there. You know, God love them, they showing up uh, fully dressed, you know, with their tribal gowns and stuff on. And, and so uh, Chief uh, Chief Mitchell, Brendan Mitchell, uh, to Halibut there, he showed up and he asked him politely if, you know, if we could just get a, a couple of members inside to, to you know, to hear hear the proceedings and, and just for just for support. And uh, they let, uh, they let I believe it was five individuals in from the... Uh, from the community there, and uh, Mr. Jim Dean and uh, Graham Graham Wood, uh, former chair of Wirac. Um, I'm not sure who else was there. There was a member of uh, of PC representative from PC, and uh, he wasn't allowed in as well, right? So anyway, we uh, we managed to uh, get everything straight away after 10 or 15 minutes, and get the door shut and everything, and uh, get our meeting commenced. Uh, but you know, it was uh, we had a real good turnout, and the NTV News got there, and. Uh, Colleen Lewis has done her few interviews by, and it was real great for, for support. Yes. So at this meeting, um, you were trying to come to terms about a, um, 
an arrangement, something you, you could agree on for an area they could cut uh, and an area that would be um, that would be preserved. So what were, what was your proposal to them to Cornerbrook Pulp and Paper? Uh, we upon upon advice you now from because uh, of course you now there's there's people all for this in government areas that can't you know don't really want to let, let themselves known because but they you know giving us a heads up on what we should expect and which was uh, you know really appreciative and uh, we had two representatives there from uh, from environment uh, and two deputy ministers uh, coming on down the line there and uh, our chief Marie in the area couldn't make it and. Representatives from the town council because of the COVID issues, right? And uh, I guess the first the first uh, plan was to just go around the table there, and of course Chief Mitchell showed up, which was really great for support. And uh, just I guess everybody wanted to feel out, I guess just really where this was going. So uh, upon upon uh, advice from other parties, we came to the meeting with the, in a spirit of compromise, Glenn, because you know and everybody knows at. Since this started, May the 5th, uh, so, you know, we, we got over a year under our belt now. But we've been peaceful. We've uh, been nothing but respectful. There hasn't been no vulgarities. And we haven't even swore, and we've jumped through every hoop provided by government, and that was really pushed through. And just to say, you know, how much that, you know, on, on the respect of, of our people, and this is what we're doing, and, and just to put across that, uh, you know, it was 50%, 54% that we gave up uh, of our 110 square kilometer land, which is pretty much giving up our heart, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And uh, and then they come back and they ask for our soul too, which mm-hmm. is the other side that we, that's our most, you know, and the other side was just as important, it was just that in the spirit of compromise, we give up and, you know, people had just set the table in, was totally disgusted, right? But you know, so, so t- tell he, us he about was, tell us about this fifty four. So you were willing to give up fifty four fifty four percent, and which which part of Charlie's place was this that you were willing to uh, to allow logging on? We uh, it's pretty much we're going to say the eastern side over towards uh, uh, Southwest River that side. Now this was this is still top of the line breeding ground. Just moves to caribou habitat, uh, a portion of our marten habitat. But the uh, the the western side, the one that we've decided to keep uh, under certain conditions, uh, you know, it's, that's where Charlie would have landed. That's the viewscape for most of the people, as you know. Charlie's place is up on uh, up on a hill, like up on a plateau, and you know, 50 meters of buffer is not going to do it. You'll still see these machineries and machines operating and stuff. So, and with our cultural significance there and you know, there's ashes of, this never came up yet, but this is something we're probably going to bring up in the next one. There's, there's ashes of loved ones up there too, Glenn, that's been, mm. you know, that's sprinkled there, of course, in, you know, in Aboriginal areas, a quiet place, as we call it, and that's why we want to keep them quiet, but that's private and something we didn't need to disclose. But if we do, you know, it's, it's just really important to us. And then give up half, like you say, like everybody, and this was a keen example, is that you know we give them our give them our heart and then to come back for our soul, so mm. it won't be tolerated, right? So you were at this meeting on Tuesday. You were you came with a proposal to give up fifty four fifty four percent half of Charlie's place. And what was the response from Cornerbrook Pulp and Paper about that? What did they say about your your proposal? 
Uh, apparently, uh, at the beginning of this process, uh, the, the map was issued to us uh, with all these. Uh, it was all highlighted in uh, in red, right where Cornbrook's uh, interest, cotton interest, are in the next five year for his five year plan. So that's the same map that he issued to environment. The same one used in the environmental assessment, and the same one issued to us with Charlie's Place boundaries outlined in purple around the perimeter. So that's the one that we worked with, and we've seen. Their, most of their interest for cotton was over on this uh, west side, and uh, the map that they presented at the Tuesday meeting was a totally different map of, of, of cotton areas from what they had planned, what they give us to work with. So once again, is, is this another tactic, or, or you know, we we, and what, we give and up what, our? We, and what do you think they were trying to do there? What what was their? Um, why would they? Why were they giving you a different map? Do you think? I'm not sure. Like this was raised, you know, by many different people, and there was a couple uh, people at the meeting that was, you know, they were going to get <laughs> pretty, pretty, you know, upset about this because it was almost like luring us into relinquishing uh, this certain amount, and then after, then they were going to attack, right? Then they were going to go after half of of the half that, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. what we what we were saying right from the beginning, Glenn, is for for scraps, right? We're going to get a few scraps, and they think we're going to walk away happy, but. Uh, you know, it's not. It's not certainly not the case. Hmm. So, the meeting on on Tuesday then came to an end, and you still didn't have any. There was no. Um, there was no agreement, and you. Uh, there was another meeting on Friday. Uh, um, on Friday, there was a, I think a smaller meeting, not as many people. And tell us about um, that meeting. What happened on Friday? Yes. Well, Friday uh, meeting was raised. Uh, I guess. To everybody at the Tuesday meeting were getting a little bit heated, so you know they gave us copy of the maps, and we they requested copy of our map, the one that we had gridded off of our of our area. We wanted to uh, protected, and of course we wanted a, a constituent hard from our choosing to oversee the cutting areas to make sure everything is done up to cold. And so anyway, we just walk away from that meeting and just everybody settle down and have a look up this ten percent that they now they uh, they forecasted. Cutting, and they told the media they were interested in cutting in 10% of Charlie's Place area. Now that sounds all good, all fine and dandy to people on the other end of the media, and, and to to anybody who's not haven't seen this map. But th- their footprint, Glenn, is still going to cover every single area on the map. It's just going to be it's all full development roads. There's going to be two ma- major bridges on their tributary that we want to protect with our cultural significance and trapping areas, and, and Extend, instead of just going in and making it sound like you're only cutting on 10% of the land, like their footprint is all over the area. So this is what we, uh, uh, I guess, with the media and with, uh, you know, of our people showing up and Chief Mitchell, their plan is the input. I guess they went away and they said, well, it's time for us to uh, finally to, to give up something in this next meeting. So that's what the next meeting was called, right? This was the meeting on Friday. Yes, so well, of course. Then when we get to that meeting, uh, everybody was still thinking. Uh, you know, there was no positive outlook because you know everybody figured, well, this is going to be the last meeting. We're just going to declare the land uh, uh, through uh, through IPCA's uh, Indigenous Protected Conserved Areas or, or through WERAC or, or just go up and make a stand on our own because uh, this you know just settling for scraps again is, is, wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be tolerated. But uh, surprisingly, they came with another map and. Uh, we had uh, we had our chief Brendan Mitchell uh, via Zoom, and he's listening to 
what all, all, all we had to say. And they relinquished uh, a one kilometer, which would be 500 meters on each side of Charlie's Place tributary that runs down the main tributary, runs directly down the, uh, the center of Charlie's Place, which was highlighted. So that was a, that was a, I suppose, a small victory, but uh, <laughs> it was made clear. And uh, by one, one, I can't remember who actually said it at what at, at our meeting, but anyway, it was brought up. Do this it, is this area relinquished from Cornbrook Pot and Paper, or is it just like uh, for time being? So it was made clear that they're not giving up anything on Charlie's Place. It'll be saved for tomorrow, but or saved for today. But tomorrow would be a different different story, right? Mm. Mm. So they they uh, haven't really budget at all in their in their position uh, the ten percent I think they get the ten percent by um, inter they have uh, sort of little area little circles on the map and um, and they say that constitutes only ten percent but I guess in terms of the impact on the land it's it's as if you know the whole the whole territory is being uh, affected because they're all over it yeah it's fu- it's fully developed like they're looking at I guess they're looking at getting rid of us now for a year or so, or however long it might be, just an agreement at the time. So when they got, uh, I believe it's, there's five, ten, yeah, there's at least, at least 12, 12 rows that branches off from this main drag that goes right over top of our protected, or off our main, main area. And these, of course, the two big bridges on the inner, inner part of Charlie's uh, tributary and on the outside of Charlie's place. So, you know, like you say, they're, they're, they're still, they're still going to be in every single area, and the road system is going to be fully developed. So that's telling me that, okay, they're going to satisfy us for today, but then as soon as tomorrow comes and all is quiet down, then the roads are put in place for the next plan of attack, which would be then further, you know, open up the open up territory, right? Yes. So what? Uh, so where do where do things go from here? Uh, things are still um, Charlie's place is still in danger. And Cornbrook pulp and paper doesn't seem to be budging very much. So, um, what what are the next steps? Uh, there was a fairly uh, heated conversation at the end of uh, the meeting because at the first part of the meeting we had, uh, you know, we had uh, our chief Marie finally made it back, and of course Calvin Francis and the rest of the stakeholders there. And so we just this got is, up first. This is Marie just, from the. Um, from uh, the is she the chief of the Glenwood uh, band, uh, Marie. Um, yes, Marie Vaders. Yeah, Marie Vaders. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She was absent for a couple of meetings here, of course, now with this COVID and everything. And so we we finally got her back at the table, and uh, everybody got up, you know, and and expressed their concerns, like we've done all over, you know, since this since this started. And one of the main concerns being, uh, you know, Glenn, you got to. Just look at this uh, as a business perspective uh, from Hornbrook Pulp and Papers uh, side. You know who, who is going to be interested in, 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 in buying this paper, or, or their over their customers overseas. I'm sure they're not going to be interested in buying paper when they know what it costs the people and, and uh, you know indigenous tears, blood, and be whatever what it's going to be when all this is over with. But it's not a very good business move to be to put them out there to to know what this what this costs us as a people. You know in the long run and. Uh, that was that was that was heard and got through, and uh, Mr. Mitchell uh, at the end of the meeting uh, really really did uh, put his support through and and added that uh, you know Halibut has a, a fair fair amount of members 
that can be if necessary be brought into this and uh, and you know our point will be will be heard one way or another with full support of, of, of Halvu, which is uh, which is real great and uh, so it was urged at the end of the meeting that Cornbrook Pop and Paper get over to Minister Bragg for through the Forestry Department and and, uh, and uh, constitute or, and get involved with this potential trade off which is. Uh, which can be made, Glenn, and can be made, and everybody can walk away. Cornerbrook gets what they, they want. We get what we want, and just at the end of the day, makes it uh, makes this go away, so it doesn't have to turn into, you know, not violent. But uh, you know, you got a lot of people on the edge here now. Just they can really see the threat being, you know, being being realized. You know, yeah, and it's just like nobody, you know, and not like a lot of people, a lot of branches of government and people who works with the government, people in the environment. And even the residents around here just can't see the importance of their or their tie to this place. You know, I mean, which <laughs> is for the sake of the timber that's there. Okay, but you know, this like why is this so important to them that they got to put us through through this? And you know, with 90% of our of our terrain and and our our trap lines and already gone, can you just leave this little place? You know, for for future generations, not much to ask when. You know, I think that since 2004, uh, Corner Book Pulp and Papers, after getting, you know, over $200 million now from the government stuff, from the public, that's public taxpayers, you know, we're only asking for something in return, you know what I mean? I don't think it's too much to ask for. Land Defender Justin Hodge. And that's it for the program. Thanks for listening. If you could leave a review of Mi'kmaq Matters on whatever platform you use to listen to us, we'd really appreciate it. Allison Baker is the producer of Mi'kmaq Matters. I'm Glenn Wheeler, Emsit Nokama.